0: You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be. My name is Mike Ufferman. I'm on the staff of Zion's Hope, one of the Bible teachers, among the many other hats that I wear there as well. And today we're going to pick up with our fourth segment, uh, talking about Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just in the way of a brief review, the last time we kind of ended our conversation as we were dealing with Uh, The pre-incarnate Son of God, and talking about how the pre-incarnate Son of God uh, appeared to Abraham and Isaac in Genesis chapter 22. We saw that Abraham called the name of the place that he was at at the time Jehovah Jireh. And it says, as it was said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, and it was recognized by Abraham and by Isaac, that the angel of the Lord had appeared to them and uh, basically calling out of heaven. And so the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven, and that was the second time that day that he had called to them. And he said, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. So clearly, the voice that was heard, this angel of the Lord that was calling out of heaven, was not uh, just an angel, just a messenger, but in fact was God himself. Because it says, By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord. And again, as a reminder, the, the word Lord there is spelled with uh, four capital letters, L O R D, which is the indication that the translators used to show that that was um, the deity. Lord that we're talking about goes on and says for because thou hast done this thing which would have been to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice to the Lord but of course we know the Lord stopped him and has not withheld thy son thine only son that in blessing I will bless thee again an angel not being able to give a blessing like that only God can and in multiply I will multiply thy seed so again this angel of the Lord saying or this messenger of the Lord, which is actually the Lord, saying, I will multiply thy seed. So it would be sacrilegious, it would be blasphemous for an angel who is only an angel, a messenger of God, but is not God to say that he, that angel, will multiply Abraham's seed. But uh, therefore it must be God who's speaking as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice and for that I'm very grateful because I'm one of those people in the nations and when it speaks of the nations not only is it speaking of Israel but it's also speaking of the gentile nations around the world the nations of the earth will be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. And we praise the Lord for a person like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so we continue then with this discussion, understanding then that the angel of the Lord in the vast majority of the times in the Old Testament is referring specifically to the pre-incarnate God, Uh, appearing normally in human-like form, but there are some exceptions where the pre-incarnate, and by the way, I say pre-incarnate just to identify that this is God in a physical manifestation before he was born to the Virgin Mary, however many thousand years it was later on, uh, after we see the angel of the Lord, this messenger of the Lord, who is actually physically God, Um, which we can tell by the texts that surround that comment um, that this is God in some kind of a physical form before he was physically born to Mary. I know it's kind of a roundabout way to get to that, but, um, and again, like I was saying, most often we see the angel of the Lord appearing in human-like form. However, there are some exceptions in what I'm getting ready to say here. And so we'll use the example of Moses and the Israelites. When we look in the book of Exodus, and we're in chapter 13, we can pick it up in verse 17 and 18, and there we say, uh, see that it says, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God led them. So now we have God leading Moses. We have God leading the people of Israel as they make this exodus out of the land of Goshen and as they um, move out into the wilderness area. So it's God that led them and not through the way of the Philistines, although that was near. So in other words, God is not taking the easy way to get there. He's taking them on a roundabout way. The way through the Philistines would have been the nearest. For God said, less peradventure the people repent when they see war and they returned to Egypt. His reason for not taking them to the area of the Philistines is because there would have been fighting. There would have been war. And as soon as they realized that they were going to have to fight a war, those people of Israel would have said, you know what, let's just kind of turn around and go back home, which God was trying to impress was no longer their home. And that's why he took them in a protected way away from the land of the Philistines. And it says again in verse 18, but God led the people. About through the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea, and the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. So he protected them. He led them away from war with the Philistines. God led them, and it very clearly says it in these two verses alone two times. God clearly led them in a protected way, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. And that passage goes on, though, in verse 21, and it says, and the Lord went out before them by day in a pillar of cloud. And so we saw in those first two verses, 17 and 18, it says there that it was the Lord that was leading them and how was he leading them? And here it says in verse 21 that the Lord went out before them by day in a pillar of cloud. So as their moving along wherever they're supposed to go we know toward the wilderness now away from the philistines that god is leading them during the daytime by something that they can clearly see and that's a pillar of cloud so it would have been a vertical pillar maybe it flattened out at the top i don't know the details here but it was a pillar of cloud very obvious very unique uh, not like a cloud that was in the sky but something that again would have been vertical because it was a pillar and so uh, something God would have created for them to follow, for them to easily be able to see, which is what they would have seen during the daytime as God is leading them. Uh, To lead them the way, and by night in a pillar of fire. Obviously, when it's dark, cloud isn't gonna be able to uh, be seen easily, and so God instead would have a pillar of fire to lead the way so that as they're walking in the evening or as they're camped someplace in the evening, they would recognize the presence of the Lord. And so here we have then God uh, uh, leading them to where they need to go in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. So this is a different type of manifestation of the Lord before he was uh, incarnate, before he was born In the form of Jesus and the baby. And so we see um, in Exodus chapter 14, as we continue, as we deal with this situation of God leading Moses and the Israelites as they're on their Exodus route, uh, we see that the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward." In other words, don't talk to me, Moses, go talk to the people and tell them to move forward. But it's clear that this is the Lord who's saying this to Moses. But lift thou up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Certainly, if this is just an angel, this angel is not going to be able to tell Moses, go and park the waters. So clearly it's God who's telling him to go and part the waters. In verse 17, it says, And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians. So God is saying that he's going to make the hearts of the Egyptians hard, and they shall follow them, and I will get me honor upon Pharaoh. So he's saying, part the waters, Moses. The people will follow me through the water. They'll be safe, being led by a pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. And then God says, and I will get honor, uh, himself honor upon Pharaoh. How is that gonna be? Well, this army is going to follow these people into the water and instead of the water remaining parted, once the uh, people of Israel have crossed, God is going to collapse the walls on both sides and consume the army of Pharaoh. And so God says, I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts and upon his chariots and upon his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. So clearly not just some angel speaking to Moses in this form of uh, fire or this form of uh, a pillar of cloud. When I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, upon his horsemen. And the angel of God, in verse 19, which went before the camp of Israel. So again, we know by a pillar of, of of uh, smoke and a pillar a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire, this angel of God, this messenger of God, clearly it's God speaking because of what he's saying will happen, removed and went behind them now instead of leading them, but made a barrier behind the people of Israel between them and the Egyptian army, and the pillar of cloud went. Uh, from before their face and stood behind them. And it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. And it was a cloud and darkness to them, but it gave light by night to these. So the people of Israel were in darkness because they couldn't see the pillar of fire, but the people of Israel were in light because they could see the pillar of fire. And so God was protecting, in essence, harnessing the people of Israel as uh, he was leading him through the water when Moses would have tapped his staff on the water, so that one uh, came not near the other all the night. When we deal with the pre-incarnate Son of God, he also had dealings with the children of Israel specifically. We look in the book of Judges, and we can see that an angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. So again, some physical manifestation of God, who's saying God-like words, I made you go up out of Egypt. Another set of God-like words, having brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. Clearly an angel isn't going to say these things. It can only be God himself in some manifested physical form. So which I swear unto your fathers and said, I said, I will never break my covenant with you. Again, an angel would not make these kinds of comments. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And so over a number of times, we would see the manifestation of God and the people of Israel would hear him uh, from above or would hear him from the cloud or would hear him from the fire. And uh, they say certain things, and yet they have not obeyed his voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore, I also said, God saying, I will not drive them out from before you. In other words, this army, these people that are before you, I'm not going to clear the way for you because you haven't obeyed my voice. But they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their God shall be a snare unto you. And I can't help but think today of all of the problems that the nation of Israel has had because they're not obeying the voice of God. They don't recognize their Messiah who has come and uh, he is not preeminent in their minds. And so they've always had thorns around them, those Arab uh, Muslim nations that surround the nation of Israel. And even on on the world public scene they always have thorns that are trying to bring charges against Israel and so they've never really lived in peace because they haven't Uh, lived in peace with God himself. And so he's not going to drive them out, uh, but they shall be as thorns in your sides and their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words, again, Lord, L-O-R-D, capital letters, unto all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voice and wept and they called the name of that place Bochim and they sacrificed there unto the Lord. So they repented in their heart. And so they recognized their sin and they made a sacrifice unto the Lord, not a sacrifice to an angel, even though it was the angel of the Lord, a messenger of the Lord, it was physically, literally God himself that was speaking to them in a pre-incarnate form of God. We see the same situation with Gideon in the book of Judges. I think we were just in Judges 5. Now we're in Judges chapter 6. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord Again, now the Midianites are before them uh, causing trouble and uh, they call upon the Lord, again, the deity, the Lord whom they have just repented of and now have offered a sacrifice to. And so here in Judges chapter 6 and verse 7, they came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel. So a prophet now speaking on behalf of God. I brought you up from Egypt, certainly God leading them, it said in the earlier passages we read, and brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand of all that oppressed you and drave them out from before you and gave you their land. Clearly God, the one who's speaking. And then God says, I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. And so I'm I'm getting nothing but a bunch of confirmation that these angel of the Lord appearances in numerous places are reconfirmed by other passages of scripture speaking that it says that this was God in an incarnate form, but before he was born as Jesus. And so this would have been the the physical manifestation of God before he was born into this world. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in uh, in whose land ye dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. So again, they're once again in this situation where they're not obeying the voice of God. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak. Now we're in uh, verse 11, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the right, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto them, or unto him, and said to him, The Lord is with thee. Well, certainly he'd be talking about, Yes, I am with you, but I'm also on your side, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord. So now Gideon is not recognizing that this is God. And so the way this is spelled uh, in the Bible, it's just a capital L, um, but it's also lowercase o-r-d. And so that would be a less preeminent word, a usage of the word Lord. It's an upper and lowercase. So it says, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, so now speaking to the person in front of him, sir, saying, if God, L-O-R-D is capitalized there, so, O my sir, if God be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, did not the Lord God, is who it's referring to there, bring us out from Egypt? But now the Lord God hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So God is... Putting us in the hands of the Midianites, he's left us, now what's going to happen? And so we have here that the Lord God, and it doesn't say Lord God, I'm, I'm I'm emphasizing that this is the term referring to the deity, so the Lord, referring to the deity God, looked upon him and said, go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent thee? So it's clearly God who's sending Gideon. But Gideon's not recognizing that this is God. In verse 15, and he said unto him, O my Lord, again, sir, wherewith shall I save Israel? How am I going to save Israel? Well, you know, kind of, what would you know? Uh, Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord, again, capital letter L-O-R-D, uh, all caps there, said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. So, if it was an angel of the Lord, and it's only an angel, then that angel would not be speaking as God, saying, I will be with thee. So clearly, manifestation of God to uh, Gideon. And thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. So now Gideon is starting to recognize, wait a minute, this might actually be a physical manifestation of God before me. Well, if it really is God before me, then he can do something spectacular that will help me to know who he really is. And that he's not just some man, some sir that I have before me. Show me a sign that thou talkest with me. In other words, show me a sign, God, that you are God that is talking with me. And the angel of God said unto him, take the flesh and the unleavened cakes and lay them upon this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. So God The angel of God said to do these things. Then the angel of the Lord, capital L-O-R-D, all four letters capped, put forth the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. So now this physical manifestation of God has put his staff on this this rock and now the items that were placed there were consumed. Clearly, something miraculous done at the behest of Gideon for this being to prove that he's God, which then would give Gideon um, courage to be able to go and have this attack against the Midianites. And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, that he perceived that he was the physical manifestation of God, Gideon said, alas, the Lord God, and now we're talking about Lord, capital L-O-R-D, lowercase, but then God, capital G, capital O, capital D, In other words, he's recognized, oh no, I've seen God face to face, for because I've seen an angel of the Lord face to face, is what he says here. Again, Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D there. So now Gideon is recognizing that the one that was before him was the physical manifestation of God. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee, fear not. Thou shalt not die. And this is what Gideon was afraid of, is that because he had seen the physical manifestation of God, that now he had only one thing that was going to happen, and that was going to be that he would die. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, and called it Jehovah Shalom, which means, the Shalom means peace. And so unto this day it is yet in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. And so we've seen, again, physical manifestations in the Old Testament, uh, the angel of the Lord clearly being the one spoken of in the Old Testament that is, um, in the, is God in some physical manifestation, whether it be in an actual person or whether it be uh, a cloud, in uh, a pillar of cloud in front of them or whether it be a pillar of fire in front of them as well, uh, appearing to whole groups of people, the nation of Israel, Um, speaking uh, to uh, individuals, um, people such as Moses, such as Abraham, um, or um, whether it was spoken of to one person who's supposed to lead specifically, again, Moses. uh, We have Gideon as examples. And so God takes care of business, as they say. And so here we would have seen the number of of different types of manifestations that we have of the pre-incarnate God. And so this is why I'm calling this Jesus yesterday, today and forever, um, because it's important to recognize that God has made promises. And when he made certain promises, he was making them in a physical form. And so those promises must be kept in the Old Testament. And we will see then as we move forward in further studies on this particular topic and the ones that come yet ahead, that this physical manifestation eventually then becomes Christ at conception eventually then becomes Christ seated at the right hand of the Father eventually becomes Christ at his return to take possession of the earth to deal with the sin of mankind to deal with the nation of Israel and then the millennial reign will be Christ as well and so the same yesterday today and forever and that's the purpose is to show Old Testament New Testament future all the same, one and the same God that we see in physical form. So I hope that was interesting to you. We'll come back and we'll look at some very, very interesting ideas as we continue the study uh, about Christ, especially when we deal with this idea of his conception. And I look forward to talking to you again the next time. God bless you all. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.